You're listening to iFanboys Talksplode with Charles Soule and Joe Mulvey. This is my hour, I'm never going to bed. The sky's still black but begs to be red. I just put my book down but it begs to be read. I'm not nod, I'm not nap, I never rest my head Some days I feel I'm getting smaller and smaller But some nights I seem to grow taller and taller You can keep shrinking and shrinking, but this will not finish Hey, this is Josh Flanagan from iFanboy.com And this is, believe it or not, an iFanboy Talksplode uh, I'm here with a couple of comic book creators who, who made their bones making comics their own way um, I don't know what you would do with a bunch of bones after you make comics like that, but but that's how it works these days. Uh, I'm here with Charles Soule. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me again. It's it, it's good to talk. I, you may have been the last person I did this with, but I checked and that was over a year ago. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Yeah, so well, it's, it's nice to be back. Well, it's that nice was a, a lot's happened in that year, as I understand. Accurate. I don't, I don't follow much accurate. anymore. So, sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, also with me uh, is uh, is Joe Mulvey. Hello, everybody. Hello, uh, uh, Joe. Uh, you are you are known uh, to me and others uh, for working on on scam. And I I have known you because you were sort of part of the iFanboy community for for a while. Uh, can you just like where did you come from? Where did you where did you start with all this stuff? Uh, I think that's way too long a story to get into uh, briefly. But um, out of college, I got a portfolio looked at by like a toy developer. Mm-hmm. So I got that picked up. And then from toy development, it was very closely connected to comics. And then from comics, uh, I started writing an article online about people who don't really know what comics are. And I was kind of giving people uh, – books who have never seen comics before like people think you know comics are like superman or batman and i gave them like scalped and their mind was blown and from those articles tyler james the uh editor-in-chief of comics tribe uh and publisher uh reached out to me saw some concept stuff i was doing on my website for scam and lo and behold two years later we have the series complete and now uh, we're kickstarting the uh ultimate collection online yeah and uh, I'll, I'll full disclosure on this. I have a story uh, in that book. Uh, I've got a little seven pager. Um, and you know, listen, it's good that you guys know about it. And we'll mention it again at the end. But uh, um, what I, what I think was interesting. So that was your first. That was the first thing you did. Like it's sort of a complete comic book story, and you wrote and drew it. Yeah, yeah, that sore print. I mean, I had gotten a lot of stuff. Like, I used to poke around deviant uh, art and uh, what was the other one, digital webbing, and put some stuff up there. And then you get the people who were like, "Oh, you know, I have the next Walking Dead idea. I have the next, uh, you know, uh, any Brian Cave one type ana- uh, analogy people can make idea, you know." And then they'd say, "Oh, I want to pay you, you know, X amount of page." And when you're hungry and young, you're just like, yeah, man, you want to pay me that amount to draw? Sure, I'll do it. And then you're like, okay, that book never came out. And uh, there's a few guys who are doing well in the industry right now that we have kind of stories from the same kind of people trying to, you know, shackle us in or doing two stuff together. But uh, that was pretty much my first thing was, was scam. Now, see, that's that's interesting you say that because when, when you talk about uh, guys who come along and they, they try to make a book uh, and, and the vast majority of people do don't follow through, don't finish it, don't put something out. And one of the things that um, I've always sort of uh, admired about Charles uh, is that is that like if you I, I feel like if you say you're going to do a thing, you you put your mind to it and you 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 do the thing. Like you've been really committed to the comics that you've been doing. Is that you think that's just a was that a thing where you were like 
that's just what you're like or if I'm going to make it in comics then I'm going to have to just nail the shit out of all this stuff I think if you know and I was I, I started off with the idea of like I don't want to be beholden to anybody because I think once I started really getting into the idea of doing comics and working for comics, doing stuff for the big two didn't grab me as much as doing stuff that I controlled. And then the stuff I would see that really um, – that I dug, that I like had copies that I wore out was actually like Charles's uh, 27. I love that book. Like, Thank and you. That- yeah, man, that book was on my coffee table, and I would have to get like four or five different copies because buddies would just come over, and I would give them the quick pitch of the idea. And a lot of my buddies are musicians, so they would pick it up, and I would never see it again. So, uh, you know, like to me, it just seemed that it was an easier hook to people who didn't read comics to give them Image or Oni or, you know, uh, outside the mainstream books because I think as popular as Big Two books are, you know, the continuity, even though I know with relaunches and stuff, the continuity becomes almost like too convoluted or too much, too burdensome for new readers to jump onto. Whereas, you know, you, you, you tell somebody what East of West is, you tell someone what letter 44 is and, you know, they can gravitate towards it. I mean, I, I guarantee you nine out of 10 people that walk by our convention table, uh, our comics tribe convention table at shows and they look at scam and they say, what's that? And I say, oceans 11 meets the X-Men superpowered con men on a heist. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh, and a, you know, a, a 10 second sentence and boom, they're hooked. So it, it just got into my idea. My, my mindset was going to be that if I could do everything, at least then I wouldn't be like other people I knew and I'm not going to name names and it's not even that it's their fault. But a lot of people are like, I just didn't get this break. I didn't get that break. I was like, if I could do it all, then I either have no one to take the success or failure but myself. So I just kind of wanted to be the complete all-around uh, creator. Charles, you're, I mean, like when I think you finished a lot of stuff, you've sort of pushed a lot of things through, you know, was it always... Like, have, have there been projects that you that you just didn't finish that you just abandoned, you got tired of, or whatever, or did you? Because I, I feel like that's not you. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> basically, everything I've started, I've I've finished. Um, whether that's a script or you know, or, or you know, getting it through to the final thing. I mean, there are things that aren't um, that aren't out that are that are in script form still. But basically, uh, if if I have an idea. If it gets me past, if I'm past the point where I think it's solid, then uh, then it ends up existing in one form or another eventually. I mean, is that something about? Is that you, or is that like I, in order to make this work in comics, like that? That's how it has to be, or some combination of both of those. You know what I'm saying? Because like, I think that when yeah. we talk about uh, making comics, you know, getting into it, I mean, the the one thing that that I the on, the only uh, connecting tissue that I see between people who make it is that. You can't half-ass. You have to go full on, and you, yeah. you have to do it and finish and stick to it. So, I mean, I, I guess that that's just a thing you you seem to do pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I'm I'm the more that I do this, and and particularly in in the state I am now with with like a bunch of stuff going on, I realize that I'm kind of I I'm OCD about it, uh, which is uh, great in this particular context. There are many contexts in which it would be terrible, but I have a real problem, like not finishing things. Like, um, there's a, there's a buddy of mine who's a DJ and probably 10 years ago, he's like, um, you know, why don't you, why don't you make some track like a club and it'll be cool. And, um, 
I also do a lot of music stuff, like, you know, writing and composing and playing and so on and so forth. And uh, I never did that. I like, I got too busy at the time and I never actually wrote those tracks. And I've regretted that ever since. Like, that is one of those things that like bothers me when I'm like laying awake at four in the morning or whatever. Um, so I am, I'm a guy. Yeah. 10 years ago. And so I'm a guy who, who, who that sort of thing really bothers. So I don't like, you know, opportunities that I don't follow through on. And, and whether those are ones that I generate for myself or ones that other people give me, um, I, I like to see things through. So, Joe, do you have sort of, do you have sort of the same affliction? And, and the reason that I'm going after this question is because I, I, I feel like uh, to be successful in, in, uh, in comics, and that, by the way, is a, is a very loaded term can mean all sorts of things especially if you drill it down to to uh, creator own and independent comics and stuff like that but i feel like like there's a there's a there's a there's a yeah you have to have a kind of drive and like i know that i joe i've seen you talk about you don't sleep you, you know you i know you've got a little kid and you've, you've you know you've got to you've got to make these comics and and you know do you have that too that weird sickness yeah and the worst thing is you know like when you can work from home you're just like you know i, I sleep probably like between three and five hours a night, uh, most nights. And then like once every 10 days, I'll pass out for like 10, 12 hours. Like you could have a gunfight over my head, I wouldn't wake up. And uh, it's just this idea of like, I can I can do it. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, someone wants me to do, you know, an eight page story, yep, I could do it. Oh, someone wants me to do some covers, yep, I could do it. You know, like there's, there's no reason not to, only if it interests me, you know what I mean? Like if someone asks me to do something that I'm not interested in, I'll very politely, or maybe sometimes not politely say no, but beyond that, like, it's just this thing of, yeah, like, uh, and especially, I don't really feel it in a lot of other things. Like, I don't f- necessarily feel it with, like, housework or stuff like that. But when it comes to comics, you know, it's, it's especially comics, like you said, like, forget about even success, just the, the workload of it. Like, I mean, Charles's amount of writing is just absolutely ridiculous for me to comprehend how he juggles everything and you know gets it all out beyond good quality and on time and it's it's ridiculous he has to be cloned but um like to me i just i just have to get stuff done yeah i mean i I would say and i've had this argument on on twitter a lot it becomes a compulsion especially i think with comics because you're like if you're not getting better and you're not getting stuff out there someone else will try to take that spot so i don't know if it's necessarily from a point of compulsion or competition Hmm. it's interesting because i don't tend to think of comics people as necessarily competitive but i think that as i you know as i I look at it you kind of have to be more than almost anything and also because you know relatively speaking it was not a ton of reward uh say monetarily or or sort of lifestyle wise you know you're just gonna get more work <laughs> you know but I, I don't know maybe there's a thing is i mean charles do you feel that also charles you switched to the phone now so that's why you're gonna sound different um like like do, do you have a is it a competition with others or competition with yourself or or you know what drives you to do that um i i first i mean i think that feeling competitive with others is a um is, is a road to to failure and bad feelings, because frankly, um, you know, there are always going to be people who are doing things that you think you could do or should be doing or, or anything like that. And it, um, you know, when, when I was coming up, like there were people who I, I considered my peers, people who had like image books at the same time I did, who, who got their, their 
big tube right before I did or whatever it was. And, you know, if you, if you put yourself in a position where you're, 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 you know, like not liking them anymore, like not liking your friends because they're, uh, because they're doing better than you are, then it like, it comes out like people can feel that. And, and frankly, one of the ways that you get jobs in this business is because your friends recommend you for stuff. Uh, and so, you know, it's a combination of like life is better if you're just happy, generally speaking. And so I don't, I, I don't, I don't consider it competition with, with anyone else. I absolutely consider it competition within the, the, like sort of the business at large, I guess. Like I, I certainly want to rise to the top. Um, but it's also mostly competitive. I, I'm mostly competitive with myself. Like I don't want to feel like I'm half-assing things. I don't want to feel like, you know, I'm on all these books and, and all of a sudden like they start to suck. Um, you know, I want to make sure that if I'm taking on a job, there's a reason for it. It's not just, you know, can I do eight? Can I do nine? Can I do 10? Which I can't. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, I, I think being jealous is, is a real killer in this business. And, and I know people who kind of are like that and you can like every conversation you have with them tends to be like, they start bitching about people and you're like, dude, I don't even want to talk to you anymore. And that's must flow through to editors and, and, you know, everyone who could potentially help them out. Like you don't want negativity. It's a tough gig. You know, you want people to be positive and happy about it. Yeah, and you can see a ton of, like, Twitter conversations that people have. And I'm not on Facebook or any other social media. But you can see that where people just complain about stuff. And at a certain point, you're like, I don't even know why I follow you anymore. I want a quick, you know, joke or I want something like that. But just to reiterate what I mean, like, when I'm saying competition, I don't mean, like, competition in in the sense of, like, Uh, getting one job over the other. Yeah, I just mean it in, in, in the sense of, like, if I'm not working to get myself better... It, you know, like I know my shortcomings as you know a creator. So it's like if I'm not sitting up going, all right, I really need to work on my lighting, and I'm not lighting a scene properly, or I'm not knowing how to do this. Like if I don't have that fuel to get better and keep pushing myself, then I feel like it wouldn't be something that I'd want to do for the rest of my life. Plus, comics are just they're just fun. There's something about yeah. drawing them and writing them that it's just like there's this completely cathartic. Uh, you know, feeling that comes over you and this energy to to laying out a page or, you know, writing a scene and seeing the characters bounce off each other that just kinda just kinda fulfills you in a way. What, I think that's right. Yep. What uh so so Joe, you've got you've got scam uh, written and drawn. It, it's a it's it's a mini. We've got all this other stuff that's going into the big book that you're doing, and so like, what's your what's your goal? I, I don't get the sense that you're a dude who's like, I can't wait to draw for Marvel. I can't wait to do that. So you know, like, how far are you into your the the process of where you want to be right now? Are are you there? I mean, uh, no, I'm not yeah. there. I don't. You know, like I, I think it's still an uphill climb. But the thing is, just uh, like I think I want to be able to bring myself and whatever it is that's my brand to the table and my skill set like I don't you know I've seen a lot of people burn out because they you know they they jump on a on a whatever book and they just either can't do the deadline or they can't do the work and it kind of it kind of kills their love for the medium and it kind of kills their value to publishers or to whoever to to use them and I don't want to to be, I don't want to have to be something that's disposable. I want to be uh, something that's kind of indisposable and something that's um, kind of in my own system. And that's why Comics Tribe fits for me because with Comics Tribe, I get to, you know, do the little bit of the business side where I get to look at pitches and look at uh, other books that we could take on. I mean, we do have other books that we put out, but we, you know, we have a 
uh, a smaller um, run of books that we put out in a smaller amount so we can concentrate on them and put every bit of energy behind them. And honestly, I think right now it's just uh, being a creator is number one for me, but number two is also learning every facet of making comics. So I'm completely a, you know, a whole package, hopefully, as a, uh, you know, as a creator going forward. Now, I'm, I'm going to turn the same question to you, but with a little spin on it, Charles, is that, I mean, for all intents and purposes, if I am a aspiring comic creator or whatever, and I were to look at your career right now, I'd say, well, there, you're there. You've you've achieved what could be achieved, but what is it in your mind that is sort of sort of the goal, or, or is there a goal? Are you just this, this is you're you're on this ride now? You know, that's that is a good question. Um, <clears throat> it's hard to like like thinking about you know sort of uh, you know mountains yet to climb, so to so speak, so to speak, within the comics world. Are are uh, I mean, it's, it's tough to answer this without sounding like a little bit you know, kind of high in myself, so to speak. And I, and I'm, I'm generally, I try to stay very grounded about it because I think the one, the minute you start thinking that you're above things is then everything starts to go wrong. But at the same time, like, I mean, I've, I've, I've written high level books for Marvel and DC, which is generally something that a lot of people aspire to in the comics world. Um, and, and I'm thrilled about it. I don't want to be blase about it. It's, it's awesome. I mean, I was working on, uh, you know, Superman, Superman, Wonder Woman, just before I got on this call. Like, it's, it's fantastic. Like, writing scenes for, like, those icons is, is really, really fantastic. Um, but, you know, ultimately, you know, I, I still am doing a lot of creator-owned stuff. And uh, for me, it, it's, it's about, you know, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing, there's a lot of reasons why I'm doing the big two stuff. I'm doing it because I want to, you know, certainly, um, you know, tell stories with those characters. It's fun. It's something that you do dream about since you're 11 years old and so on and so forth. There's a lot to it. Um, it you know, it does pay well. Uh, your profile grows like you wouldn't believe when you start doing that kind of work. Like people all of a sudden care about you in a way that they didn't care about you before, which is kind of strange because the work is still, you know, you're capable, you're doing the same things you're doing when you're doing an image book or whatever, but it's just, it's just a different thing. Um, so, you know, Josh, you've known me for a while. You know that one of my, my main if I'm good at anything, it's leveraging stuff, you know? And so I see this as an extraordinary opportunity to leverage into, into the next set of things. And so I guess my goal now is to, to make sure that I can write for the rest of my life comfortably and well. Uh, and, and there are a lot of ways that I'm planning to do that, but it's, uh, you know, comics will be part of it, but it's sort of a larger strategy kind of branching out, I guess. So you're looking at, I'm not putting word, but say a Kirkman model, for example, or, or, or maybe if you look at a career of somebody like Brian Vaughn, yeah, I'd say I'd say Brian K. Vaughan is probably more uh, what I'm thinking about right now. But it's you know, I, but even like even saying that, I mean, I, I sound like a monster. Well, um, I mean, so, the fact is, I, I I've known you uh, since since t- just before 27 came out, and I didn't know who the hell you were back then. I know you've done a couple of projects, and that doesn't and this is part, partially partially me that doesn't seem that long ago. So yeah, you know, in, in a way, like you've you've. It's it's interesting to have gone from here to there, and it's like, well, I, I don't. I think it's 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 intelligent to go. Well, I what well, is it? Are we going to stop here? No, we're gonna we're gonna keep going. And so it's interesting to see. I guess if you think about like where do we go from here? And 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 I think that you know we've all seen in the industry that that the way to go forward there is is to come up with your your own properties and your own stuff and and yep. that has to do with That's your right. brand and and even though you can you can make a career you can make a living at at, at Marvel and DC and and there's great things about that and everything that only gets you so far 
Um, and so, you know, that that's the, the part that you have to think about. I mean, was that always something that that was in your mind or is, is that sort of like after you get to each step, you go, okay, so what do we go, where do we go from here? Um, I saw it, I, I saw it as a very valuable goal, uh, right? Like, so, so I, I knew ahead of time because I knew friends of mine who had been there and kind of, you know, I've always kind of, you know, I don't know, I studied this maybe overstating it, but I've been very aware of the career arcs of other people in, in this business. And so, you know, it, there are people who have been able to become very successful without doing very much big two work. Like Mike Mignola comes to mind, um, Frankly, Brian K. Vaughn comes to mind. Like, he hasn't done that much. And Robert Kirkman didn't do that much. I mean, these, Robert Kirkman is probably not the best of him because I do feel like he built his name to a certain degree at, at Marvel before he, he kind of jumped ship with The Walking Dead and so on and so forth. Um, he's, a, but, he's a strange outlier in that sense. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. There's, there's um, no other there's, but, you know, there's no other's like him. So I shouldn't have said him in the first yeah, place I mean, is what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, Kirkman is Kirkman is Kirkman, and, and he's, a, he's an institution unto himself. But you look at a guy like, um, you know, Mark Miller, who, who certainly, you know, built up his his kind of acclaim at, at doing, you know, the ultimates in Big Two work, and then he was able to parlay that into um, things like kick-ass and so on and so forth. And so um, I, I know that there are people who have done it outside that model, but, it seems like there are many more who have been able to use. I mean, it's a platform. It's a huge platform. Like, people care about Spider-Man and Batman a lot more than they care about 27, you know, for the moment. We'll see if that ever changes, but probably never will. You know, like, that's always going to be the case. And so if I can do a little work on Batman, and then all of a sudden I can be like, you know, on Twitter when I've got my X number of followers, hey, you know, even if I'm only converting, you know, 10% of that audience, you know the audience over to create around it's still it's still a worthy platform and i feel like it's it was always something that seemed worth pursuing to me also there's kind of hate to it and you know all the rest of it but don't you think we're at like a weird time where uh, you know a few generations ago the goal was just work for big two and then you know you you see all these t- things of like you know older creators kind of having nothing to show for it and all that stuff so there's that old fear base of like you don't want that to be you you know, and now you yeah, look and you're like, right. you look and you just like, especially you see the, the rise in the, you know, the, the interest and the, and the, and the people that are showing up for create your own comics of any platform, be it like Boom or Image or Oni or like whoever it is or Comics Tribe, like people are showing up and people are giving other things a chance. So you kind of wonder like, you know, you got to strike while the iron's hot. And I kind of completely agree with the sentiment Charles said before, where it's like, you just want to be a, I think an overall good creator to where you can make the most of your name and then do whatever you want so you can create for the rest of your career and be, you know, financially sound at least. Do you guys think yeah. um, do you guys think we're in a, a, a good time uh, for creator-owned comics? And and, and I, I guess I, I'm coming at this from from my position I want to say three, four, five years ago I would have said it was relatively bleak um in terms of sort of what where the market was and but something has has changed i feel like there's been some strange ups upswing and i don't know i don't know if that's digital or i don't know if that's social media or some combination of those things i don't know how much kickstarter comes in with it or or just sort of the rise of image comics maybe a combination of all that stuff where like is it a 
is it is it is it a good time to be in in creator owned comics maybe in and of themselves or is there another component uh to it that was a long question as i worked my way through it but uh I mean, what do you think joe and then so we'll talk around a little bit well i'll just say when we launched the when we did the diamond launch of scam because originally we had done it through um you know just calling brick and mortar shops seeing how many copies they'd take we did a first like 770 print run and uh when Diamond picked us up and we held off for national distribution, we took out a billboard in Vegas. And uh, along the lines of just promoting the book, the tagline on the billboard was, what's hot in pop culture tomorrow is in your comic shop today. And I think that, I mean, I certainly hope it. I mean, I, you know, but I think that people are checking out independent and create their own comics and they're seeing the medium put on display that's not in the same way it's been done for years. And I think, and this is only because of the interviews I've done with people, that comics get overshadowed as being the characters rather than the medium. Like I make the um, the analogy of a lot of people who don't know what comics are, you know, it, it's the equivalent of going to a TV, putting the TV on, seeing SpongeBob, and then shutting the TV off and saying, oh, there's only cartoons on TV. So then you walk away from the, the TV. Whereas if you just change the channel, there's something else for you. And that's exactly what comics are. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people from every age range uh, come into shops, come into conventions. Uh, You know, conventions are a little bit of their own beast. It's a little different. But I think it's a better time now than ever to to check out comics because, you know, there's only so many times you can rebrand something or restart something or whatever the, the phrase is I'm thinking right now, like every do-over that the companies do before you want originality and you want something new, you know? So, I mean, I'm certainly hoping that's what it is, that it's it, it, it's a thirst for something new. What I mean, what, what do you think, Charles? Are, are we... You, I mean... I, I know you've seen more numbers than I have in terms of, and, I'm, and I'm, you don't have to go into those, obviously, but I think, you know, like around the time the 27 came out, there was an idea that, well, if you do a book, some people will read it and it'll lead to something else. But I feel like now, even a few years later, it it feels like there's something that could happen with these books a little more than than, than maybe back then. But but I don't know if that's just that's just wishful thinking. No, it's, it's not wishful thinking at all. I mean, the 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 truth is, um, you know, since Letter Forty Four came out, I would say, I would say weekly, I get maybe once every two weeks now, but but certainly when it was first came out, I would get an email from some some production company in in L.A. or wherever, being like, you know, what's going on with the series? This is very cool stuff. Like, have you know who owns the rights and so on and so forth. So, <clears throat> and I've not heard of the vast majority of them, but the point is that. There is a lot of focus on um, comics creators and comics writers because I think we're seen as a, you know, a concept farm, um, which is which is okay. You know, that's that's all right. And so, um, you know, it's just about you know make sure the deal you get is good when you when you sign away those concepts. But um, you know, I, I feel like there's an enormous amount of attention on comics as an as a place where cold new ideas can come from. Um, and and they almost become vetted, and a lot of like the story points get worked out, and so on and so forth. So when you hand, you know, comics are not the same thing as film or TV. Like there's a lot of things that need to be dealt with, but you can you can hand someone comic, and it's almost like a proof of concept. Like this can work as a story story idea, which uh, it, is something that I think is happening constantly. Uh, you go to San Diego, and and it's just it's like there are sharks prowling the waters looking for that that next thing. I mean, I was at. Um, 
San Diego last year, and uh, another book that came out in this year was called Strange Attractors. Um, and, and one of the characters in that book is an older guy. He's an older kind of crazy mathematician dude. And um, a guy came up to me. I was signing Strange Attractors at the Archaea booth, and he's like, you know, I heard there was an old guy in this in this book. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. And he's like, well, I'm, you know, Harrison Ford's agent, and we're looking for roles for him to do. Do you think this would be a good role for Harrison Ford? And my answer was, yes, I do think it's a good role for Harrison Ford. But, but I can't imagine a story where you go, no, I'm good, thanks. Push him away. Yeah, exactly. But, be, you know, that would be indie there, comics right there. Yes, seriously, yeah. Yeah, no, fuck that guy. Fuck Han Solo. Um, but, but, you know, the, the point is that those guys were around, and, like, he was hungry. He, was, he wanted that. So um, I think indie comics are, are very, or not even indie, but, like, comics in general are very fertile ground, um, particularly because, you know, Marvel and, or, uh, Marvel and DC are owned each by Disney and Warner Brothers, so those ideas are all sort of like there's a, there's a shoot that goes straight up to the, to the top for those. So those ideas are not available. So if you're not in that, if you're not Marvel or, or sorry, Warner Brothers or Disney, um, you, know, you have to find those ideas someplace else. And so they're looking at indie comics, I think. Mm-hmm. Do you still, I mean, like, cause that, and that sounds similar to, you know, for the last probably 10 years or so. Yeah, about that. You know, the, the, the great, the the great financer of of a lot of uh, non big two comics was was options and things like that. I mean, but I I, I feel like I I, I want to think that that people are are a little more about the comics right now. Whereas for a little while, a lot of indie comics had sort of this is a movie pitch thing. Whereas now, this is a story, I guess, and it, and and it, they work as comics first and foremost. Um, I, I, that just sounds like I want to like, almost Pollyanna. I think, um, you know. But but immediately, if I if I'm looking at if I'm looking at at something like like Joe, what you were doing, scam, you know, is you know, obviously I can see the the movie pitch angle, but it's very much a, a comic book uh, creation, I suppose. I mean, did you approach it like that at first, or was that sort of when you were when you were coming at it, were you like, well, this is good for all sorts of things? And by the way, it would be foolish not to think the latter. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Look, if someone wants to offer you money, and and, t- and we've been offered money for a scam a, a few times, and we've kind of turned it down because it just didn't feel right. And um, I, I just look at it like, you know, if someone wants to give me money, great, and I could take that money and I could live and I can make more comics. Because when I make a comic, it, like in my mind, you know, if if it's a story that's an action story, I want to make it, you know, a billion dollar budget. Like I, I have unlimited potential and creativity to do whatever I want within the pages of the book. So, you know, and, and, and Charles knows this first on, like he's doing Superman, Wonder Woman, you know what I mean? Like the, the, you can have them, you know, making out and destroying planets. You have no, uh, except for editorial mandate, you have no budget. So you don't have to worry about that stuff. But if, you know, some company wants to come and give you money, hell, take it. But the one thing I was going to say about what we were talking about is I think we're kind of discounting the, the increase in interest in sales to, you know, the fact that everyone has an, you know, an, a machine in their hands that they can get a comic on 24 hours a day. You know, like a lot more people are reading comics now, and I know a lot more people are reading digitally, you know, and, and that's got to be a huge help to getting people to, you know, check some stuff out. I don't, you know, I don't know. I still don't have because nobody ever shares any numbers on it or anything. But I will tell you right now, from what I know and from the numbers and stuff I've seen, they are formidable. Yeah, I mean, and I, I can tell you that, from. I agree with that. Yep, that's. I true. was just going to say right. I could tell you from scam personally. I won't give exact numbers because I know that makes people nervous. But I will say that we've, 
you know, and they give you, uh, you know, and I would go based off comicsology where you get quarterly reports. I mean, our numbers have increased dramatically. Um, and, and it takes planning and stuff like that. Like next year, or sorry, this year, we'll be doing a scam zero for free comic book day. And that directly ties back into the idea of getting more people to check out the back trade, to get out, to check out the, the, you know, the downloadable content, to check out the issues. And it all bleeds into one. And that digital space to sell on is very formidable because everyone can get that app. Whereas everyone in, you know, however many stores, Diamond, I think, says like 4,400 in the country or 3,800, you know, they might not check out uh, an independent book. But, you know, when you, when you get lumped together, I've been reading, I've been reading uh, Letter 44, and, you know, you see that, and then as soon as you finish that, you can go right to, you know, a- another book that you would like. I mean, it's a potent, potent weapon for any creator. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely... It feels a lot more. There was a there was a little bit where it was will, will comic readers go to this, or or will other people who weren't comic readers become this thing? And I I feel like there's definitely that momentum now, in a way that's actually really helpful because uh, uh it doesn't seem to be taking away from the stores all that much, which was the big fear. I think it, you know what a good retailer you know kind of feeds into it because if you can get someone. To, to check it out on a, on a phone, then you put that book in their hands and normally, I mean like, and Charles is a, is a great example. His book is printed on quality paper, and I'm talking about Letter 44, I should say that from a creator of right, standpoint. Right. It's on quality paper, it looks beautiful, it's well drawn, it's well lettered, it's what, every part of the process is done amazingly. So now when you go from looking at that on, you know, whatever the size screen is, two and a half inches, to looking at it in your hand in a trade or in an issue, you already have the familiarity with it and the connection that you're not turned off by it. Now you're like, shit, yeah, let me see this. Let me get some other stuff. You know, like, I think it's a really good gateway drug for people to check out more comics. And good retailers know how to segue people, you know, between them. Do you think as creators that you're, that you're, are you marketing differently uh, to a digital audience or, or is they all sort of the same, same kind of thing? And um, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, I, I I mean, right now, like I have, I, I haven't. I mean, I'm about to sort of launch the first kind of my own digital product, which is going to be Strongman, uh, which was the first thing I ever did. Um, was Volume One through SLG uh, back in 2009, and uh, so I had it like all relettered and kind of made it all nice um, because I did the lettering originally, and it was it was just terrible. It was really. It was. I, I still think it's a good read, but it was very poorly lettered by me. Um, so I had to re-lettered, and I lettering is the worst thing that you could ever have to do on Earth, as I understand it, uh, and from my yeah, brief yeah, experience well, with it. I mean, you'll do it because uh, you have was, to, and you, you should learn yeah. now if you're an indie creator. But it's going to hurt. No, I, I agree. I agree. But there's, there's. I guess what I would say is there's a lot of art to that to that particular part of the process that um, I was not able to achieve in my 112 page lettering escapade, which I feel like I, I feel like I lettered that book like 25 times because I kept like, like my, as I would do it, like, so I would start on page one. By the time I got to page 112, I was like, wow, I'm so much better at page 112 than I was at page one. So I want to go back and start over and like apply these new skills. And then that, that loop happened like five times. And so I, I relettered that book over and over and over again. And by the end of it, it still looks shitty. Um, so whatever. So God bless letterers because I'm clearly not, you know, I'm not a letterer. Um, anyway, but to go back to what you were talking about, I, uh, 
Um, I am putting up uh, Stronger and Wanted 2 uh, on Comixology soon. Um, they've, they've gone through the whole submit process, and, and they should be good to go. But um, I'm very excited about that because I think it's it's going to be very interesting for me to see. Like, I haven't really gone through that cycle before. I mean, Joe, I, I know you have, but, you know, tracking it and promoting it and kind of getting people to check it out is going to be interesting for me. Um, it's going to be one of the real tests of this platform I keep talking about because, yes, I have... X number of Twitter followers and Facebook friends and people who, you know, I have this audience, but can I get them to go check out my black and white luchador action book from 2009 and, and then, you know, so on and so forth. So I guess we'll see. But I'm very excited to find out. Well, that actually leads me to sort of sort of another question that, that, that I've been thinking about. And 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 one of the things I really like about comics and, and, and creator-owned comics and that sort of ladder is that there's so many different uh, ways to take. Now, now, Charles, you've always gone through you know, you've always gone through a publisher. You've you've worked with other companies to do it. Not that you didn't do most of it on your own. Obviously, you lettered your book five times. Uh, and Joe, you you're working with Comic Tribe, but I feel more like you're part of a comic. You're part of Comic Tribe too. Like it's it's sort of a it's a small concern that that you got involved with and did it that way. So you're you're still doing a lot of those things. You know, what what do you feel like are the advantages and disadvantages of of that? I mean, am I, do I have that right, Joe? Is that how you would describe? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the disadvantages are like the time it takes. Like sometimes I'd like to just draw. You know, sometimes uh, I get a script. I'd like to just sit down and be able to draw, but I can't because I have to draw for three hours. But then I have to review a pitch. Then I have to, you know, do edits on lettering. I have to do, you know, and we have other people that do that stuff too. But it's just it's a small group of, of people that are doing it. So you know, and then you have to get printer proofs back, and you have to do all that stuff. So with the, you know, office side, you know, part of the job, then you have to balance that with the creative part of the job. But the good part of it is I don't really ever get burned out on doing one or the other because it's like, okay, I've reviewed this, I've looked over that, I've proofed this, I've checked that. Um, now I get to go draw or I get to go write. Uh, and, and that's kind of cool because I get to, you know, take it easy. But I, I would, you know, I always say on Twitter how I want to hire an intern just to like, help me out and do some stuff because uh, you know pretty much Comics Tribe is all over uh, phone and stuff like that and we, we talk back and forth but man it would be nice to, to have some of the bigger company perks of you know having someone taking care of the proofs and working with the printers and making payments and doing this stuff and that stuff but uh, and just be creative for a little while um, but yeah it's just you know it's it, it's flexing a lot of different muscles but as Comics Tribe grows and we kind of it, it expand. It'll be nice to kind of give up some of the jobs to other people, and then just be able to maybe work more on just putting out some comics. Now, now Charles, was it for you? Uh, uh, was it a conscious decision to go through, you know, publishers and not not necessarily take it all on your own? I know that you have, you know, you got a job and you got other stuff, but sort of a lot of other people. So, yeah, it it was it was really. Um, I mean, I think I always saw that as, as uh, a way that I wanted to go, mainly because it. it uh, I think that you know, for better or for worse, there's a there's a legitimacy to going through a publisher. It's not always necessary. Clearly, Joe has, has proven that. Um, but for me, it just seemed like a way that that would would shortcut some of the some of the work a little bit. Um, I also am am at, you know I've always been you know had a lot of stuff to do. Um, you know, I have a, I do have a day job. I'm an attorney, uh, as we've talked about before. Um, 
and and that you know that has been a, a factor throughout my entire time trying to break into comics, and so it was never going to be you know easy to um, to, to spend a ton of time on on kind of the marketing promotion angle. Not that publishers do tons of that necessarily as it is, but um, it was it was something. It just seemed like I could cut out some of the middleman if I if I ended up um, you know going with a publisher. Do I you know? Do I see the appeal of the self-publishing mark, you know, route now? Absolutely. Like, I'm considering a, a, a sort of a Kickstarter project right now. Um, and I'm actually, you know, I'm probably going to talk to Tyler about kind of, you know, he seems like he's got that stuff locked down, uh, Joe. Like, he knows how to do that stuff like crazy. So He is a, um, he is a Kickstarting Yoda. I did at this point if anybody wants I did a make comics episode with Tyler about Kickstarter a, a while back and I'm sure that even since then it, it's it's evolved but uh, you, you can go back and, and check that out too. Some he, I think he actually just collected all his articles on comicstribe.com as well you know so it, it's up those are all really really valuable resources I, I mean I haven't yeah, read them absolutely. but I'm assuming just having talked to the guy like those are those are solid things I'm sure um but you know, I think that's a real, you know, now, like for sure, I think it's a real, it's a absolutely a valid, a valid path. Um, and, and you know, the other thing is back when, I mean, I was, I was trying to get things rolling in like 2006, 2007, and I think that it was, you know, the landscape is just different now. Um, Kickstarter, Kickstarter's changed everything, um, and 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 even to the extent of, of even projects that aren't kickstarted are legitimized if. Uh, just by the fact that self-published stuff can work and can make a bunch of dough and can be out there and be in the world and, and so on. So, uh, well, let's let's talk about it. I mean, because you know, Kickstarter is an interesting thing. You know, uh, Comic Stribe d- d- depends on it to a, a great extent. Uh, Charles, you you've done pretty much every you've done everything without it so far. But we're in a different world now, um, and I'm 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 still kind of dubious about it. I think there's a there's a right way to use it, but you know, just like there's a lot of things. Um, vying for your entertainment time and dollar you know kickstarter is is another one of those things where it for me i could it can be there's there's so many of them you know from doing i fanboy we would get you know six or seven a day you have people who i didn't know making some comic book with kickstarter but it's a big part of it you know i mean what what, what do you think about it joe obviously it's, it's worked out well for you guys uh so far yeah well i think like i know what you're talking about like there's a lot of trepidations and you know, we just launched uh, the the scam Kickstarter, and because the Comic Tribe name has the ability to successfully fund, but then the most important thing is successfully fulfill. So I think like the trap that gets people worried is someone coming out there and saying, "I have this great idea about a superpower robot that's going to do whatever the pitch is," and then I need six thousand dollars, and they make ten, and it's like, "Okay, great, we're going to do all this and all that," and then I think the biggest fail for for the site is that the people who take on the responsibility don't know how to fulfill it. Like, uh, I don't want to out who it mm-hmm. was, but there was a, a pretty successful Kickstarter about a year or two ago that didn't even factor in shipping or international shipping. And then, you know, it was like, you know, the creative... I think I know exactly the one you're talking about. Yes. But yes, I'm not exactly. to say either. But I know the one you mean. I don't want to out that guy, one. but I'm just saying, you know, like, that's a business fail. And I think the part that I especially try to approach and Tyler, you know, has definitely helped me. Tyler James uh, has definitely helped me with is when you're doing this, you can't, you can't go in really nilly. You can't be like this. Oh, my creative juices are flowing. I want a random number. And I have this idea for a book. It's got to be a business platform. It's got to be a way to directly connect with your fan base, directly make new 
fan, like you know, expand your fan base, reach new readers, and people who haven't seen you before. And then more importantly, once you've gotten the, the fulfillment, hopefully, you then give the product to those people in a quick turnaround time, where they assimilate you and your 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 brand and your your property with being reliable, just like any publisher. You know, like if you make a pull list, you want your books when you get them. So Kickstarter is completely valuable and just like Charles said, has completely changed the landscape of letting creators make what they want. But you've got to respect it and not treat it like, you know, a piggy bank where you can kind of just, you know, crack it every once in a while, take the money and not worry about putting it back in. You've got to put in the time and the effort because once you do Kickstarter, you're not just a creator anymore. You're not just a pencil or inker or a writer. Now you're your own businessman and now it's your own corporation and now you've got to run it. Otherwise, you're going to fail like anyone else. Um, a good a good friend of mine um, who is a very successful uh, Kickstarter creator. He had a he had a Kickstarter recently for a book that he put out that that almost broke um, almost broke six figures, and he um, he 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 did it all essentially himself. Um, and to the extent that like you know it was so successful that he ended up with like his whole house was full of boxes of books, and and like he had to. You know, he doesn't have, he lives in a, an apartment that doesn't have an elevator, so he had to move all those boxes up to the second floor himself because the delivery guy was like, you know, forget that, I'm not going to do it. Um, and so, like, just like silly little considerations like that that he didn't, it just sort of, you know, it, that stuff is going to happen. And, um, you know, I, I think that, I think that there are Kickstarter sort of fulfillment services and things like that that exist, but, you know, as far as I'm concerned, if, if and when I do one, like, I'm going to, like, I have, I have time to hopefully, you know, execute a good Kickstarter program, but that's only, you know, it's like that whole iceberg metaphor, like executing the program is really only, you know, it's 10% of the actual effort involved in a Kickstarter. There's finishing the project, there's sending the books out to everybody, and that's not, you know, that's not nothing. So, and I think the problem is that if enough people don't realize that it, it is that businessman mindset that Joe is talking about, and then they, they try and do these projects, and then, you know, like, if enough stuff stops, like, doesn't work, people aren't going to invest in Kickstarters anymore, because you don't get your book, you don't get your thing, like, what the hell's the point? Well, so, and, and um, also, you know, one bad Kickstarter can, can really poison a lot of others. I mean, it's, people people don't sort of separate the two, I don't think. They, well, this one I, I funded didn't work, so, you know, I'm not going to You know, the funny anymore. thing is, I think that I, my my thought about that, and I feel like there isn't that is an element, but I think that there is a if you built up enough, like if you if you screw up a Kickstarter, then you're you're pretty much done for Kickstarter, probably. Okay, because you like fool me once, fool me twice, all that. But if you have built up a lot of goodwill as a creator, um, let's say let's say Neil Gaiman does a Kickstarter, right? Just I'm picking his name randomly as a, as a creator who's developed a lot of goodwill. No matter how bad a businessman he is, he probably could have an incredibly successful Kickstarter just based on the fact that he's Neil Gaiman. So I think that if you're a creator who has a name or has a, has a track record of being a good creator, you can pull off a great Kickstarter, like a successful Kickstarter, even though that has nothing to do with your ability as a businessman, which, as Joe again pointed out, is really what Kickstarter is all about. So it's, um, it's an interesting thing. Um, but I guess to speak to your point, Josh, like if, if people... As long as there are creators with a good track records who want to do Kickstarters, Kickstarters will, st- will remain successful. Um, I don't think that you know some random person failing is going to stop me from investing in a new game on Kickstarter. Yeah, so that's what you're saying. But anyway. that would also in- that would also sort of hinge on the idea that you you need to be somebody. Where for a little while yep. it yep. felt like you didn't. Uh, I guess, and and you I know, think so it always kind of. Did. I mean, Joe, what do you think about that? Like, I mean, that's an interesting question. 
I mean, you know what? I, I know I'm nobody. My wife tells me constantly I'm nobody, but I, I think if you put out, I think on Kickstarter, it could go both ways. Like I agree with what Charles said. If, if Neil Gaiman comes out and puts out a book, he doesn't need to be the, the you know, the, the best businessman, but there's so much money that's going to uh, Kickstarter now that you're, you're literally having, like you said, funding services, which I've researched and, you know, I'll probably be using fulfillment services, excuse me, uh, you know, for certain levels of, of pledge backing because it does alleviate, like Charles was saying, having 72,000 boxes in your house. So, you know, there are those little leg ups that as more money floods into Kickstarter, it'll help you. But I think like for myself, I, I wouldn't have just which I didn't. I didn't just go to Kickstarter with the idea of this. I waited. I got the issue out. I showed everybody, hopefully, that, you know, I'm determined to do this. Then I went around, uh, you know, caught, caught Josh from the iFanboy community. I loved his writing. X him to do a story. X all these other people to do a story. So I get all their other fan bases in as well. Put a good quality book together. You know, spent a year working it, editing it, letting it, coloring it, all this stuff with everyone from Comics Tribe. And once it was ready, then I put it out. So I think it's, it, it could go, it honestly could go both ways. It could go strength of product, which I think is, is hopefully what I have going for us with the Scam Ultimate Collection. But I think even like a, girl, a guy like Charles, I think when you put something out there, if you do, you know, I think, I know just from digging your stuff, I, I'm backing, you know, and then show me what those other things are that I can get. You know, what can I get? You know, like, that's also the thing you have to understand. It's like a, you know, uh, Tyler equates it a lot to like a 30-day convention where you're not just getting the book. Mm. You can get a book and a print, a book and a T-shirt, a book, and then you have interaction. So you can have, you know, if Charles wanted to do a script review, a 30-minute Skype session where you could learn from, you know, a guy like Charles, to me, is is very much a, a guy who could market every bit of his career climb as well as just the work he's done because it's, it's an, you know, it's impressive and it's, uh, you know, something to shoot for. Like Charles is writing a book for every major company and successful at it and doesn't seem to want to kill people, which is a nice thing. So, you know, doesn't go on Twitter tirades, dropping C bombs all over the place. So why not? You, you have a likable creator. He puts out a good product and all that stuff. And then that's it. So I think it, I think it can be divisive and it can go both ways. Uh, I just think the only thing that'll sink you is not fulfilling. Yeah, but you get to yeah, get away with I that the so. once. You, right, you could get away from from once, but I'll tell you right now, I've seen one or two people that literally, and again, it, it's a similar thing we're talking about, where you burn a lot of bridges. Oh yeah, no, I, I, you're not I don't getting, recommend it. Oh no, right, like it. I mean, it 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 equates to me to theft. You know, like okay, I'm giving you a promise. I'm, it's pretty much online con then. You know, like, I'm, I'm promising you this great product. Ooh, I'm not going to be able to get out to you. Or, ooh, there was all these problems I didn't see happening. And sorry, I've already spent the X amount of money you've given me. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like lending, lending money to a drug-addled relative. Like, you're like, ah, oh, man. You know what it is? Because it, people, I think people who are making comics see it as a way. It's, oh, it's like an ATM machine. It's pre-orders. It's, it's a way to gauge my audience. It's a way to do this. Um, one, another way to look at it is it's taking on a tremendous responsibility yeah. uh, far beyond what you would say just like putting out a book with image or even by yourself or digitally or something like that it's, it's much bigger than that it's, it's starting a business I guess that's what you said it's vast especially when it comes to the completion you know, like you have to do the you have to do the you, first of all obviously you have to be willing to self-promote 
uh, I am shameless and I have no problem with that whatsoever. So I'm okay with it. But, you know, first you have to get it funded. That's like you said before, I think that's like 10 or 15% of it. Cause then the real work starts where you're like, okay, now I have the money to do exactly what I said I'm going to do. Now I get a bust my ass to do that. And people just gotta, you know, to realize what it is and, you know, keep their head in the game and know that, you know, you, you can rest once that last order goes out, once you've checked the tracking on that last order, once you know it's delivered, and once you start getting the, hopefully the, you know, word back from people that they're unbelievably happy with the product. Sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, a lot of work. Well, it's, it's funny because there's, there's nothing about comics that isn't a lot of work. And I, it's funny because you think of this idea of, oh, this, that guy makes comics. Oh, that's cool. He can stay at home and think. And the, the thread that goes through everything is that is an unbelievable amount of work. And I'm talking to, it's not ironically, I'm not, we're talking to you, Charles, and you know, every couple of years there's a new guy in comics who is the one where you go, how, to, how the hell are they doing all that? And it's been, it's been Jeff Johns in the past. Um, it was it was Bendis for a little while where you sort of count the book. And right now it's you. And I don't think I've ever talked to that guy when they were in the middle of of that thing. You know, and, and, and I know you wrote a you wrote a blog post uh, recently, you know, how do I do it? Um, because people ask you that all the time because you, it's, like, it's seven ongoings, right? There's seven ongoings right now. And I'm saying that because that's remarkable. <laughs> and yeah, for, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot. I mean, um. Is there a question? Because I have to go reg one like right now. Yeah, no, I know you do. <laughs> I've gone on far too long. I mean, now you're just making him. No, I'm kidding. Were you? I mean, have you had to reapproach how you even even come at the idea of of telling a story? Because you, at yes. this point, the yep. the sheer idea generation that that's the part that scares me. It's not the script writing. It's not the organizing. It's the I would be terrified that I'm going to run out of ideas that are worth a damn. Hmm. Uh, I mean, yep. is is that is that the case? I mean, I'm not. Are you running out? But you know, what's is that the hard part? What's going on? Tell me. Um, you know, I've, I've been fortunate uh, in that I'm. I, I tend to be able to um, get into a state that I, I once heard called idea euphoria, like euphoria, but ideas. And so you just kind of like once you kind of have one, and you kind of your mind locks into that state, and all this sort of stuff starts to spin. And if I can't get into that state, then that's kind of when I know an idea is a, a non-starter. Um, but I'm. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm, you, you read about, you know, I don't know, like, like dog, like dachshunds are bred to, to like go down in burrows and kill badgers and so on and so forth. And maybe, you know, everything I've done has, has sort of enabled me to, you know, being an attorney has given me this sort of like weird focused discipline and reading zillions and zillions of books and seeing tons of movies, giving me this kind of idea, you know, bank I can draw from as I need to. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know how I'm able to do it, but I am able to, to kind of get into the place where I'm generating new ideas relatively quickly. Uh, and I, and I'm right now in particular, like I, I recognize a dramatic difference between how my mind works now, as opposed to how it did, let's say when I was working on, you know, 27, mm-hmm. um, like 20, 27 is, you know, my image series that I did a couple years ago that, and, and it has two two four-issue arcs, and that's the entirety of 27 so far. And I remember how much time and focus and, and like, how dramatic it was to write those those issues. And now I'm at the point where I feel like I could, I could do that, you know, I could do that in a week. Like, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't even be a big deal. Um, and I think that that's, and that's not, 
that's also a tricky thing about this situation because I, I do not want to come across as gloating about it. It's more just that my my headspace has, has like the pathways in my brain have altered to become very fast and very, you know, being able to turn out comic strips very quickly because I don't have a choice. I mean, because of the way things work with rewrites and, um, you know, just, just various kind of things I have going on that, that aren't like in, even in the public sphere, like I tend to write two scripts a week these days. And so, um, if I can't get those, you know, like in, and earlier before this call, so before this call, I was, I was polishing, um, a Superman one Norman script. Uh, and then I had to break stories for several issues of, um, of both Swamp Thing and Red Lanterns. So in, in the space of about three hours, I had to work through, you know, a, a, a very different set of story problems on, on three very, very different books. Um, but, you know, I did it, and I'm, I'm actually pretty confident that the things I come up with will, will work. So how it's happening, I don't know, but I think it's, it's more just like, you know, if you do something enough, if you, you know, if you get to the point where you have to generate that many scripts that quickly, you just, you're, everything about your mind starts to, to work in that way. Like whenever my brain goes idle, it tends to run to a, to a story problem I'm thinking about. Um, so I guess I'm this engine for creating comics right now, which is kind of a dubious a dubious achievement, but that's that's how it feels. You know? Now, when you, I mean, when, so but when you go back to say, you know, when you're doing 27, that that's it's an idea, and you and you thought of it, and then you worked pretty much on that thing for a long time, and and I'm gonna, I'm going to come to you in a second, Joe, because I think you're in a you're in a similar position to then, you know, but now you don't you don't really have the the leisure to to wait for the idea. Really, it's not like well, I'll go for a walk, and if something pops up that'll be good. And if not, then I can do it tomorrow. I mean, is it really just a matter of being able to really hone in and, and then just trust those things that come to you? Uh, I mean, it's, it is. it's like, it's like athletics. It's like you've trained yourself to be an yep. athlete. Yep. You had, you get these like twist reflexes and you just, you became able to generate, like I was on a call. I'm not going to be specific about it. Basically I was on a call, um, with, with kind of a, a group of, of editors and creators last week. And, um, they had one, there are a lot of sort of like agenda items on the call, but one of them was coming up with, you know, that sort of the plot line for an issue that needed to be, um, that needed to be out in several months. And whatever. the point is that everyone was kind of like, everyone on the call had to have an idea ready to go. And I, I, for various reasons had not really come up with something like I had this kind of the vague shape of something. Um, and, uh, when it was my turn, which was, I was like the first guy to go, I'm like, well, this is kind of what I'm thinking or whatever. And like the editors are like, all right, cool, man. Um, sort of. And then they weren't thrilled, but whatever. And then the next couple you're, guys went and they had like, lots. literally talking about like the most stressful situation I can imagine. You're the first guy <laughs> called. You don't quite have, it's like being, not having your homework in school. That's awful. Yeah, it was it was pretty much that. Like, I, but it was also, you know, sometimes these things are, are vague, so you don't know what you're supposed to deliver necessarily. Um, but at any rate, I could tell from the reaction that like what I had delivered was not what I was supposed to deliver. So I listened to the next guy, I listened to the next guy, and they had something that was much more kind of locked in and, and polished. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's what they want. And so after the third guy, I broke in. I'm like, can I, you know, I've got something else. And so in in between the time that I went and those two guys, my brain gave me another idea, which was totally different. And I pitched that, and they're like, well, that's. Bingo, we're done. So 
again, this is not, I'm so awesome. This is just where my head is right now. Like it is, it is, seems to be able to generate that stuff very, very quickly. And thank God for that. Because if it stops, I am screwed. I am absolutely screwed. And I don't think you could look at it as bragging, but I think that it's, you can look at it and say, you know, if, if you want to perform at that level, this is, you know, the, the practice is going to get you there. And I think that, yeah, I, I don't think it's wrong to say that having all those deadlines, having all those expectations and all those responsibilities hinging on it, it's, you know, it can either, depending on the person, it can either make you or break you in the creative process. I mean, some people can handle it and thrive. That's and some absolutely people right. If, if, if what I just described sounds miserable to you, then this is not, then, then big two work is maybe not for you because that kind of thing happens all the time. You'll get things like, you know, you get an, an email at 10 in the morning, like this is what's happening now. And then you have to deliver something really good by like two or three in the afternoon. So um, if that sounds awful, then, you know, I guess it sounds awful, but uh, that's, that's what big two work is like a lot. Now, now, Joe. You, I mean, you're approaching this. You, you just completed. Like, what is? It's is it four or five issues? But maybe it's four, and then the fourth one's real big. I think. Of, yeah. Of well, scam. altogether, it was six issues, but we bundled the first and the last. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, so so if you're listening to this, I mean, you 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 got to work on it you, because you had to draw it. You you got you were at a sort of more, and I use this word sort of facetiously, a more leisurely pace. And I realize that that's that's not really the case when you're, right, right. you're writing the whole book, but like that. But I mean, are how many steps ahead are you thinking of? Of well, what what's coming next? What am I going to do next? How do I keep this going? Uh, what do I have after this thing? Are, I mean, are you planned out in that way? You mean career wise or in the story? I, uh, I'm I, so, I sort of mean not 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 career wise like like long long term, but but you know like what your next projects are going to be or what the other things are going to be or you know. Do you have to worry about a position where where you're gonna have to have a lot of properties and things like that? Uh, well, I mean, I already have planned like through twenty through like this year's 2014's booked, mm-hmm. and then um, you know, like I, I I know I don't give off the vibe, but I do have love for for big two, you know, and, and other company uh, properties, and I'd love to draw or write. I, I had a problem, I think, when I first came out with Scam, kind of reconciling the idea of not being an artist writer, not being an artist writer, being either an artist or a writer. And then um, doing a lot of stuff with like uh, Jason Cheramella, I, I just, I got into this swing where he would write something for us, like Scam Zero or uh, a shortened Scamthology, and I drew it. And I really realized that if I'm going to get better at either, either, you know, skill, I need to kind of, especially as an artist, I'm not going to do certain things that other people would. Like Charles can write a script, and I guarantee you I would not see the script the same way. And if I drew that, learning to draw that would make me a better artist. So I think that there's certain things that I have to do to just just get better, and I want to get better. So um, I, I kind of think that like you know, when, it, when it came time to think about what's coming next, I, I planned Scam as a trilogy. You know, So I wrote the, the first one, then I wrote the second one, then I was kind of tinkering with the third one, and then Scamthology and the Scam Ultimate Collection came along, and then uh, some other projects that I can't say that are happening next year came along. Um, and I kind of have to balance between being a writer and being an artist, but, uh, you know, it's a little, it gets a little convoluted at times and, and keeping, uh, the, the, the comic tribe ball rolling, uh, even though Tyler is a, is a big, huge bulk of that, um, in handling the day-to-day stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know if I have complete say of like what I want to do more than the other, but I know when it comes to planning what's coming next, to me, I, like sitting down and writing a script is the most fun, and then trying to 
twist myself as an artist to do stuff that I normally wouldn't then becomes the next kind of kind of mountain to climb. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess th- through the process of it, because it's it's a different kind of ringer than 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 I guess what Charles is talking about. Because he's got to deal with a lot of different things quickly, but you've sort of got to concentrate on along them. Did you? I mean, even in the process of doing sort of the beginning of scam to to getting to the end. I mean, what kind of of growth do you think you've experienced in in sort of the way that even you just you look at creating comics? Oh well, just the entire approach to writing. Mm-hmm. I think writing was the bigger thing because. The way I wrote initially was way. I think the stuff that every, you know, beginning writer goes on to, where you're you're doing way more than you have to, and you're not really allowing a synergy between the words and the pictures, and especially, which is really just absolutely stupid, considering I'm the one doing both. I should have been able. I know I could put it in the hands of the other person and and, and get it completely right because I was doing both. So uh, I, I kind of learned how to just be a better writer and just really let the words do what they have to but then leave it up to the, the images the images are going to be what stick in people's heads so uh, sounds like you, know. you really separate the two processes as opposed to I know some guys who are writer artists and they they sort of work on the two at the same I, I you know I have, I have one friend and he, he you know he he stopped doing it but he would draw pages one at a time you know for a while and like I write used the story to on you know page. what in the, the first issue I was writing while I was drawing mm-hmm. and then Tyler knocked me right out of that habit quick because he's like, it's slowing you down. You know, he goes, you turn in pages fast. You can, you can be fast. He goes, but you don't, you're not doing yourself a favor by rewriting while you're drawing. You know, so now all of a sudden this character is going to be on the left or it's going to be a down shot or an up shot or, or whatever. And then, you know, that once I was taken out of the drawing and can just work on a script, it was absolutely freeing and absolutely fun. And I, I generally think writing a comic or writing period is just one of the most fun things ever because you could just completely go nuts. And then when I do certain things and then I say, you know, like I, I drew 500 tanks on a beach, then when it gets to being an artist, you're like, son of a bitch, why did I drive, why did I say 500? Maybe we'll like, like 200 or something, you know, like maybe there's a cloud of smoke that covers up some or you take some cheats. But yeah, I, I just think it's, you know, it, it, it was a big learning curve. But now by the end of it, I feel like, I feel a million times better than, than, than well, I feel, I feel it. I don't know if I look it, but I feel a million times better than when I started. Sometimes when you're talking, I imagine that I can hear the ge- the gears in Charles's head right now as he's working through <laughs> something else that Wonder Woman is supposed to be doing. Like you have uh, Wonder Woman scoreware for the moment. It's uh, the next thing I have to think about is She-Hulk. I got a She-Hulk script to do this week. So wow. anyway, two strong ladies. <laughs> yeah, you, strong ladies. So, about it. Joe, do you feel like um, like? Do you feel like you're getting like you've been bogged down in one project for a while? Like you'd like to do something else to have a different sort of tone or something like that, or do you like the idea of sticking with one thing and being really consistent and and being in that world and being immersed in that thing? Yes, I, I'm I'm all about scam right now. So as soon as scam is done, we get the Kickstarter finished, and we you know hopefully you know fund it and take it all out. We had an awesome first day, so we're hoping to build on that momentum and then. Uh, once scam is done, yeah, I'd like to change gears and do a little something else. And then, you know, once you've proven that there's people out there who will check out a property, then you can always go back to it. And you can always, you know, try to do some other stuff. Kind of like what Charles said before. I think there's unbelievable value in, in dipping into all these different pools and, you know, carrying a fan base from one thing to the other. And I think it's a large part of why creator or comics are such a success today because people see Charles on, on She-Hulk or on... 
uh, any of his other books, and you know, they they jump over and say, "Oh, this guy did Thunderbolts. Oh, I want to see what he does on, uh, you know, Red Lanterns or whatever." And it's kind of, it, you know, I, people follow creators I think more than they ever did, and I don't know if that's just something I'm noticing, but no, that's uh, right. That's absolutely true. No, I, I yeah. think that's for sure right. Um, I, and I feel like I, as, as long as you you know your brand and you know your, you know, it doesn't mean you should never change gears. I mean, I don't think you could talk about two more different things than, you know, Red Lanterns and, you know, Letter 44 and Superman Wonder Woman. I mean, d- dude, you're, you're ridiculous. Like, so the fact that you can switch through all of those different gears and all those different modes is awesome. And I think you should, because, you know, well, that's why, that's why, I mean, those books are, are different for a reason. Like if I was offered, you know, I don't know what it would be like another, uh, Charles, do you want like to announce another book that was? Ex- do you want to announce that you're taking over Scam? I really should have said that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, this is the right time for that. But like, <laughs> if, if it's if I was gonna if I was offered like like a political sci-fi book, I'd be like, no, I'm not going to do a political sci-fi book because it it covers the same mental real estate that Letter Forty Four covers. So, you know, I that's that doesn't make any like that's silly because I'm cannibalizing my own ideas. But if you take you know you look at She-Hulk, which is a book about a you know, lawyer superhero who happens to be a seven-foot-tall green lady and Red Lanterns, which is about a bunch of space alien biker rage monsters. Like, they're totally radically different. And so that's kind of the one of the guiding principles I've had in, as far as taking on new projects. If I feel like I can bring something to it that I'm not already doing in another book, then it makes a lot of sense to me because then I'm hitting all those different audiences, right? So I hypothetically have seven different audiences that I can cross-pollinate across. Um, and, and that's kind of the, that's the idea behind it, hopefully. And I, you know, we'll see if it's working, but that's the idea. Now, I, I'm going to kind of ask you this, uh, Charles, the same question I asked Joe, but I'm, I'm going to turn it the other way around. Do you, at this point, do you, do you long for the, the idea of, of immersing yourself in one project? I mean, I, I know that you have in the past, you've, you've worked on sort of singular big projects. You've, you've written a novel, you, you know, you've sort of been in the one world for, for a long time, like. Do you long for that, or do you feel like you've trained yourself out of it? Um, I there, you know, there are some things that I'd like to be doing that I know, like I've, I've, I have the outlines, I have the, like the plan, uh, and I, and I have. It's hard to find the time to do them, and so that is that that is a little frustrating. Um, and so you know, it, I mean, I'm I'm planning to, you know, right now I'm on seven. I don't intend seven to last forever because I think it would, I think this workload is, is really, it's very, very intense to the extent that it like, it's not, it's right on the edge of, of really impacting my life in a, in a not fantastic way. And so, because you know, as we said, I also still, you know, maintain my law practice and I have, you know, other things going on. So it's, um, like I need, I, you know, I need to be able to kind of shift things over. So at a certain point I will do that, but, uh, and hopefully within that will be an opportunity to, to work on some of the other things that I'm, that I have plans to do. So, um, but I would also think I would be foolish to not take advantage of the opportunity that I've been given to grow my audience and really do, do good work. So well, what I, what I, I guess what I mean is like on a day like today, you've got all the scripts, you're, 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 you're doing a podcast, you're doing everything. You're just like, It'd be nice to get a get a, a house and, and 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 on a beach and then just work on something by itself for three weeks. Yeah, I've that about that a lot. Great? <laughs> okay, I'm just curious, if, you know, because yep. when you you say you've sort of rearranged your brain and everything, like at a certain point, I I wonder it must be it must be difficult to sort of shift and concentrate on one thing like that because you're so used to flitting around, which in itself can sort of generate its own kind of energy, I guess. 
No, it, it, it sounds phenomenal. And I, I thought a lot about like taking a writing, like a writing retreat and going for five days to do exactly what you said, basically go to the beach or something like that and just kind of look out at the ocean and work on one thing. But something always comes up and it's, it's yeah. tough to do it. Um, you know, and my equivalent of that tends to be like, you know, plane flights are that sort of for me. I mean, how terrible is that, right? Like I consider a plane flight a break. I, because... I agree with you 100% and I always have. It's the one time nobody can bother you, at least so far. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see when uh, when when that starts to change with satellite phones or whatever the hell it's going to be. But you know, like you take a flight and you're like, all right, I have these, I have these five hours or these four hours or these two hours, whatever it is, and I can, I can focus completely on whatever it is. And you know, the, the only thing that's a bummer is that. So I, I was actually in Austin this past weekend, so I flew there and flew back, and so that's you know four to six hours of travel each way. Um, and I remembered very. Clearly, like when I used to take those flights, even five years ago, like I thought of a plan flight as like a chance to really settle into a good book. And now it's like, awesome, I can really zero in on a script I need to write. Um, which is just, you know, it's just, it's just the way life is today, but it's, for me anyway, but it's, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. Do you think that that, do you think that, and I'm not saying for you, I'm not, I'm not talk, telling you to, you know, do you think that that's sustainable for a, for a, a creator to, to sort of be at that, you know, I mean, it's possible on one hand that that sort of creation can really, really feed your energy, but you know, is, is it okay to keep up with that like that for so long? I guess it depends on your temperament. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know that it's, uh, I don't know that it's, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm doing okay with it, but I certainly look forward to the point where it relaxes a little bit, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, I see this as, as an opportunity that I should really, that I'm, that I'm trying to grab onto with both hands and, and really, you know, I, you know, I, 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 you, it's funny. I, and I don't, I don't need to the life out of, but that's really, yeah. that's, that's bad. But like to, you know, something like that, like, I just want to make sure that I'm getting as much out of it as I can. Yeah. Um, and, and, and really delivering on everything. I don't mean to make the whole conversation about that, but like I said, it, it's a really interesting time and, and I liken it to being like, like when a young person is in their twenties going after whatever their career is, you know, that's, that's sort of what it is, is that guy he stays at the office really late and he does all the stuff and, and goes after it. And there is that part of comics. Uh, and you know, and, and you're in part of that, you're in a version of it and, and Joe, you're, you're in a different kind of version of it. Um, which I, I think is interesting and like, yeah, you almost have to have that. There's no, I, I feel like in, in comics today, there, there, there's no, well, I'll be done at four and then we can just hang out. I mean, I guess you can do that later, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I think we, I think we mentioned that. I think Charles is a hundred percent right with a strategy because he does all this for X amount of years or X amount of time that he does it. And then whenever he can step back, if, if that's his choice and wants to do a Kickstarter, do a, you know, create her own, do a, you know, a new book at another company, whatever, just think of, of, of the, you know, all the fruits of the labor he's doing now will have blossomed. He worked X amount of years to, to get these opportunities, seizing everyone, killing everyone. And then at the end of this, you know, hopefully it just means him having a stronger career uh, where his name matters more on the book than the name of the book. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly, that's a great way to put it. I mean, Charles, I get you, Charles. I get you, buddy. Okay? Yeah, you do. You, you get me. You know. um, but that's right. That's what I'm trying to do. And it's, um, but at the same time, I want to make sure that the books are entertaining and great and, and fun to read and everything the comic should be. You know, that's, that's what any comic creator should hopefully be trying to do is, is execute whatever vision they want for their books. Like, it, you know, starting to get too mercenary about it and then all of a sudden, the, you know, books will suck. There's, no, should, there's no doubt about it. Should you still be having fun with it? 
I mean, like, how important is that to you? Like that that, that they're fun. I mean, no, oh yeah, you're... man. This is God. I think you. I'm sure Joe and I are in exactly the same page about that. Like, we would not be working this hard if this was not a great time, and it, it which it is. So yeah, there should never be a doubt. We love making comics. I, I would feel safe, and everyone I've ever met that makes comics, for the most part that I know of, at least, is beyond passionate about making them. You know, and and I understand if you're not that passionate, how you don't understand it, it doesn't translate to you, but making comics is absolutely the the most fun, rewarding, and exciting thing that I, I, I could do. Next to being a parent. Hold on. I don't want to sound like a shitty parent. Take it back. All right. So having, having kids and then That's back. really hard. It is. It's true. It's true. Um, you, well, I, one of the things I think is interesting when, we, when, we, when you talk about that and, and, and working really hard and putting your all into it and uh, I think back to I think, of, I think of Jack Kirby. It's what it makes me think of and to think that at the end of it like he all he always did that, and it was just to stay on that treadmill. And at at the end of it, he didn't really have a hell of a lot to show for it because he didn't know he didn't know what there was to do other than to keep doing it, which had partially to do with sort of when he grew up and then the world he lived in and the the climate of how comics was. And now it's different. You you can build something, you can own something, you can you can have something. Um, and I, I I find that really really refreshing. I, I see that as a, as a change. I see that as growth of of the industry and of entertainment to a certain extent. Um, but you still have to work just as hard. Um, and you know not everybody's gonna gonna be Jack Kirby, but at the end you you probably end up better off than him. And I think that's really neat. It's just an essay, really, not a question. <laughs> yeah, it's just a different time. I think yeah. that that's a, that was a different time, and creators are different now, and and I think the whole industry is different. Well, then you know people have learned from it. You you can go that way, and you can own your thing and do whatever. Um, I think uh, it, it, before we wrap up here, um, because we've been talking about working and, and doing it so hard, I'm, I want to ask Charles what what at this point right now. What is what is your favorite part of of the comics making creation? I, I know like at one point when you're when you're new at it, it's it's like sort of getting your script out and seeing pages come back for the first time or doing something else. Where are you at now? Like what's what's your most what's what's your favorite part of sort of the 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 process at this point? You know, it's it's interesting because the part that gives me a thrill every time, and this is going to sound almost cheeseball, but I really like. Um, when I have, you know, because I, I do some, I do some outlining beforehand. I talk about issues like there's so this, this kind of all this build up to when am I going to get the issue done? When I'm going to actually going to script it? And when I, you know, open up Word and I type in, I have a particular way that I put a header on all of my scripts with like the name and my name and so on and so forth. And then I, I start typing it like page one, panel one, like that. Um, is actually still it's it like I I can feel this kind of like endorphin rush every time, uh, which. You know, which tells me that I'm making the right choice because I, I I get excited about the idea of writing a script every single time. So that is great. Um, I also love my type end, which is how I end my scripts with the word end, uh, which kind of makes sense, I think, um, because that feels good too. Like when you know that you've gotten it, you know, you've gone through the sprints uh, and you're finished with it. Um, and then beyond that, like you know, I mean, you get this whole like you know, Joe. I'm sure it's the same way for you, but like Twitter, you know, like the. the the way social media is these days, if you choose to have it, um, you can have a lot of a lot of positive reinforcement, almost almost all day long, uh, and so that's nice too. But I, I really think the kind of the, the actual opening the script, starting to write it, uh, knowing that that I'm I'm going on that journey. It sounds so cheesy, but it's it's how I feel about it. Um, is is really still one of the greatest things about it. It's impressive because <laughs> that that first part that's the, I will I avoid that like the dentist. And it's not that it's it's not that I 
Oh, that's that. If I, I wish I had that that feeling. That's that's. I see. It all makes sense to me now. If you say something like that. Oh, <laughs> Joe, uh, what's your what? Where? What's your part of that process now? What's the favorite thing for you? Uh, there's a lot. I, I still feel a lot of energy because right now I'm doing stuff that I am writing that I'm not writing. I'm doing stuff for other people, so it's kind of an amalgam of different things. But I, I feel like getting the layout perfect and getting the layout right and really having good dynamic storytelling. I mean, I have more of a cartoonier style as my style's evolving. And uh, like Art Adams is a huge influence and, and, and guys like that. So like when I see my layout, you know, and I send them off and they get approved with, with vigor and excitement, they're like, oh yeah, that's really cool. Or I haven't seen this before. Uh, I really like that. Um, in, a, in, a, in a crappy, uh, I told you so way, I like doing some layouts that look like they won't work. And then someone being like, all right, go ahead and do them. But if you waste time doing a page, it's on you. And then I send the page in and they're like, well, I'll be damned. That worked. So I like like a little bit of that, like uh, gaining confidence in my artistic eye or whatever. Yeah. And um, then when it comes to, to, to the writing side and the scripting side is really getting better at playing off characters, sending off the script for edits and then getting it back with, you know, some, some some good notes, but knowing that it's kind of going in the right direction. Just writing a good scene lately has been uh, like really, really a good feeling. Like that I leave off on, and then I don't think there's anything better than seeing the book in your hand and feeling the book in your hand and, and checking out that finished product. That still kind of gives me goosebumps. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, that's about all that I've got. I know that uh, everybody else has comments to go make, um, but I wanted to, I guess, uh, give you guys a chance. Charles, do you think that you could plug your stuff in less than 30, 40 minutes, or is there, is there anything <laughs> yeah, coming up? Yeah, ha, ha, ha. Hilarious. Um, so, yes, so sorry. Uh, I it's have... a cliche Orama, and I apologize. Yeah. Um, no, I, I absolutely can. So I, I do have some stuff coming up. Um, the I would, I think in keeping with the theme of, of this this show or interview, um, I would in, encourage people to check out Letter 44, which is the, the book I, that is, I'm doing. It's an ongoing series uh, published by Only Press. It is a kind of sci-fi political series about an incoming president who discovers that the previous president uh, in his administration found aliens in the asteroid belt and covered it up. And kind of he has to deal with all that and kind of like the West Wing meets Alien. It's a very cool, um, very cool series. So that, uh, you know, could use your support in a way that uh, a Superman book perhaps doesn't. Um, not that they don't all deserve your support, but I would love that people would check that out. Uh, I also had a graphic novel come out this year called Strange Attractors from Archaea. That is about two uh, genius mathematicians who turn all of New York City into sort of a big machine or engine, and then it's about what happens when they turn it on. So those are both books I'm very proud of, and, and I would love it if people would give those a read. Of course, I'm writing a lot of stuff for DC and Marvel, um, Swamp Thing, Red Lantern, and Superman 101 for DC, and uh, Thunderbolts, She-Hulk, and in the upcoming Inhuman series for Marvel. So there you go. I I I I endorse uh, wholeheartedly uh, Strange Attractors and Letter Forty Four. The other books are very good, also. We talked about those in our pod, our regular podcast. But uh, if if you're out there, if if you ever listen to me talk about the kinds of books that I like, uh, both of those creator owned series are, are or well series and book are, are fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Josh. Your turn, Joe. I only have one, so I feel like I should talk about other things beforehand. No, but... you can go ahead and talk about the, the one yeah, thing that's uh, No, but uh, yeah, I'm going to pick up every book that he just said to, which is annoying. So I'm like, damn it, I'm going to buy every one of those. 
Um, yeah, so uh, right now it's pretty much uh, what I've got going on is Scam, uh, the Ultimate Collection, hardcover graphic novel. It's on Kickstarter. Uh, it'll be on there for about 38 more days. Uh, so uh, go back that. There's a story in it by uh, Mr. Josh Flanagan again. And I've got to say, even though mm-hmm. I know this is all about making comics, uh, Charles, if you have an email, I'll send you uh, uh, Josh's story if you'd like to check it out. I got to tell you, I would. I'm shocked that Josh has not sent me I his really story. I thought yet. I had. That's, now that's that he was disappointing, Josh. I was going to say, here's the thing. I don't know what Josh does, and I don't even know if he'll leave this in the podcast. I saw Josh at, at Granite State Comic Con, and I told him. We had written to some people, uh, and, and we had started off with Scanthology. We wanted an anthology of all the characters. And we asked, like, I think, like around 12 or 13 people, and everyone said yes, which I was first shocked about. Secondly, you know, we're getting all these um, pitches back, and Josh gave his pitch, and we thought it was a little odd for the, for the pairing at first, and Josh fought for it. And I was like, you know what? I really love that he fought for it. Then he wrote the story. And to the, to the credit that Josh has as a writer... He wrote probably the most poignant and fun story in his eight or ten pages. I don't know exactly the, the page count. Seven. Five. <laughs> I, I know. I, yeah. But, uh, yeah. like, it was so good. And I said that to Josh in person. I'm like, dude, you are – you really discount yourself for your – your ability, because man, he was on with a character. He it's, it's his fatal flaw, man. Isn't that yeah. isn't that flying? I mean, it, it absolutely is. Like, I don't totally. get it. It's the weirdest thing. It's it's, it's unbelievable because he, I mean, he wrote a story that was, like I said, so spot on, so fun, so poignant, so well character driven that uh, I mean, he just nailed it. Like from the first time out, and Doug Hills, the artist on, it, just turned in an amazing story. So I think it's one of the best in the book. And, uh, you know, you're talking to us about all our stuff. You know, you have a, a short story, and we want to see more. Me and Charles want to take a break. Maybe we'll all rent an island villa in a few years, and we could sit back and have a podcast with you talking about your yep. 20 books that you have out. Yeah, I will work on that. I am working on it. Actually, I haven't been working on it enough. But uh, one of the reasons that I did this today, because I needed a little motivation, and I want to thank you both for different in different ways for those kind of things. But I don't like to make these about me very much. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what else is in the book and who else is in uh, the anthology uh, as well? Because it's it's a it's a pretty great lineup. Yeah. Well, the the, the you know what? before you do that, Joe, can I can I? It, it was pint. It was the pint story, right, yeah. Josh? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I did read it, and it was fantastic. So yeah, it was. so I agree with Joe. It's great stuff. Thank you. Yep. And uh, you know, it's just it, it was great to see it, but. Um, yeah, the other people involved, I mean, there's a lot of up-and-coming and already established guys. we got uh, Ben McCool, a uh, writer from uh, Pigs and Choker, uh, Joe Eisma, the artist of Morning Glories, Nick Patara, the artist of Manhattan Projects, uh, Tyler James, who I've said before, from Comics Tribe, John Lee's from The Standard from Comics Tribe, uh, Rich Duick, Paula Lore, who's a, a rising name in comics. If you don't know the name, you will very soon. He's doing a lot of stuff for IDW, uh, Turtles, so and G.I. Joe properties. Um, you know, there's just, there's a ton. There really is like, a t- there's, I think, 30 different characters, uh, creators, uh, that are involved in it. C.P. Wilson, who I don't know if you guys are familiar with from Stuff a Legend. And I'm familiar with basically everybody you said, and that is yeah. a, I mean, not all, but like, I mean, Rick Stewart, like, those are great, great names. So that's going to be a great book. Yeah. Amy Chu, who just, uh, was announced yeah, as a writer for, uh, the Vertical Quarterly, she did a, a, a story with, uh, Charles Paul Wilson, where Charles is known uh, for doing his poo variants, and he did an entire scam Winnie the Pooh type uh, story, which he's never done before. So that's awesome. And then once we get into the other, 
you know, the pinup gallery in New York. I mean, I have a story in there uh, with Nolan T. Jones, uh, who's a writer and a game yep. uh, website developer. And we have uh, Jason Cheramella and I are doing a, a prelude uh, to to a next scam series. And, uh, prelude to also Scam Zero, which comes out in May. So, I mean, there's just a, a, a ton, a ton of uh, great people that worked on the book, and I'm very proud of it. And, uh, you know, it's going to be one hell of a collected uh, edition once it's all together. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks, guys. Uh, I really appreciate uh, the time, and it, it was uh, it was very good talking to both of you. And I, I really I appreciate the sort of different approaches to comics because as people are listening to this, everybody sort of approaches things differently and and looks at things differently. And uh, hopefully, this will kickstart. No, I can't believe I said that. Uh, <laughs> but, well, and by uh, different approach, do you mean successful and unsuccessful? I'm just curious. No, no. I mean, no. Come you're, on. You're different. You're a different. Different. You're a. You're different stages of the game. But as I say, there are. You know, I've met a lot of people who talk about making comics, and you know, ninety five percent of them don't get off the blocks. And then, and then of that, a, a large, a large segment doesn't finish something. And then some of them finish stuff, and it never get out. It never gets out there. And there's all sorts of excuses, and I know every one of them. Um, but the the fact is, getting the book done uh, is is a major accomplishment. Getting that book in anybody's hand. Is is Olympian, and anything after that is gravy, uh, you know, and, and and it all goes after that. So, you know, just one step at a time and get through all those things. <laughs> um, but uh, there's there's at this point, Joe, you've got you've got nothing to be ashamed of, and and you've only got you know what's in front of you now. So, I think you have to have shame first of all. So yeah. it's okay. I'm good. I think you have to be pretty goddamn shameless. <laughs> have, have you read Sex Criminals? Anyway, uh, that's all, and I want to thank you guys again, and. Uh, you can go to ifanbar.com. You can comment on this uh, and see the other stuff that's going on there. And it was it was good to be back in the uh, in the interview chair. It was fun. It was it was great to be interviewed, Josh, as always, anytime. Time will say nothing but I told you so. Memories are times we've all